Welcome back to another edition of the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. It's me, Len Testa, and this is our show for the week of Schmerz Day, January 4th, 2021. On the show today, news, listener questions, and in our main segment, Jim and I look ahead to what's coming to theme parks in 2021 and what we got in 2020. Let's get started by bringing in the man who says that the answer to your problems might not be at the bottom of a pint of ice cream, but the important thing is that you try. It's Mr. Jim Hill. Jim, how's it going? We are now in the waning days of peppermint stick ice cream. Yeah. It's always wonderful in late October, early November when the flavor emerges. My problem is I am in that period where it's disappearing and yeah. I, I have to decide do I stock up? So it's like, wow, should I just go out and get a big freezer? Is it a special freezer just for the peppermint ice cream? There we go. Because I guess up here in New England, Brigham's makes it. Really? Yeah. But that's it? And just yesterday, I was out grocery shopping for my mom these days. And it was, you know, looking in the freezer and going, okay, there's four left. All right. <laughs> I got to come back and get those. So She was hoarding ice cream. Everyone else was hoarding toilet paper. But we all understand. There we go. You got to make it through somehow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, Jim, let's do a quick shout out to our subscribers over at DisneyDish.BandCamp.com. Thanks to new subscribers, Kenneka Christine, JTowns32, and Danica Pizza. And the longtime subscribers, JBrock1903, the Irish Brothers, I think they're film producers, and Wayne C. Jim, these are the Disney cast members whose never-released line of park-inspired air freshener scents included Pirates of the Caribbean Chickens, Impressions de France carpet and Soren stroller parking. True story. I'll take Pirates of the Caribbean chickens over <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean water trough any day. <laughs> well, you know, there are Pirates of the Caribbean scented candles. And you always wonder, like, like how do they pick out scents for that particular thing? Because in that attraction, there are so many things you could have gone with, right? Like oh, yeah. pigs in mud. Like <laughs> or more to the point, pirate with pigs pirate in mud. Pirate with pig in right? Like how do, you, how do you decide on like what to go with? It's tough. Yeah, just happy with what we have and let's keep it that way, okay? <laughs> All right, Jim, let's do the uh, the news. It's a, it's a light week on news, but still, mm. the Disney Dish News is brought to you by Storybook Destinations, trusted travel partner of the Disney Dish Podcast. For a worry-free travel experience every time, look online at storybookdestinations.com. Jim, the big news is this week, park hopping has returned to the parks, so you're able now to go from park to park. This is obviously good news for Epcot. But speaking mm -hmm. of Epcot, the monorail to Epcot still not available. You have any idea when that's going to return, Jim? Festival of the Arts is supposed to start on January eighth. Yep, that is what operations overall at the, the resort is like. Look, we need this up and running by then. Let's get this properly staffed. Let's get all of the glitches out of the way. Because again, especially with the merchandise component, the food component, yeah. We want that to be a very large profit center for us this year. So that is what they're gunning for. I just, I do not understand, especially with park hopping return, mm -hmm. why you wouldn't have that up and running now. I, you know, it's either got to be a maintenance thing or a cost cutting thing. That's what I'm going with. Every call I've made over there, I've been told, yeah, it does have a lot to do with staffing. But this was a no-brainer, wasn't yeah. it? I mean, they, how long ago did they announce we're bringing back park hopping? Park hopping? A couple months ago, yeah. Yeah. Mm, we surprised. By the way, there's a, there's one more thing that is uh, an old favorite of ours that uh, that might be returning. Soon, mm -hmm. we'll we'll see. I, I don't have a... We can't talk about it yet, but uh, r rumor has it something else is coming back soon. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, on to uh, listener questions, Jim. So this one's from Brian, 
who is staying at the Poly, I guess for DVC. He says, I just found out earlier this week after breakfast at Kona, where we were wandering around the lobby, where a cast member said that the knots in the light fixtures were all hidden Mickeys. And I've included Jim a photo here that Brian oh, sent yeah. in. And it is, isn't it? Yes, it is. Okay. I never noticed this before, but that is a that is a nice little touch there, isn't it? I wonder if that came in with the lobby redesign when they took out the giant water feature and put in the statue. I which, think so, because those those lights are new from from that, right? Yeah. And at the same time when they redesigned the lobby of the poly because they were going to build those two DVC towers. Towers, right. And I realize again, given what's going on right now with the Moana retheming, freshening the rooms, that sort of thing. Have you heard of anything lately in regard to those coming off the table at all? No, I haven't. I mean, uh, I thought it was still full speed ahead with that. And I know that there's been some of the existing furniture showing up at Cast Connection. So yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. And in fact, I was just seeing also, I guess there's a thrift store in the Orlando area where a number of the items that were taken out of rooms at the Wilderness Lodge yeah. or also on the secondary market. So, yeah, if you want to bring that Disney World vacation experience home, you can do that, folks. Either if you know a cast member or can find that thrift store in Orlando. I've um, got something in the works with the thrift store that we're, uh, we're talking about. Something that uh, there's a piece of Disney history that they are soon to acquire that we're going to talk about on the show. Oh, so can't wait. So Aaron okay. can beep it out. Uh, in a second, but here's here's what it is. So the uh, the thrift store is getting the and what I know, I know, right? And then so we're gonna we're gonna have them on to talk about it once they once they acquire it. Oh, okay, no, <laughs> right? Like, that's gonna be amazing. <laughs> like, oh, like, all a, right. How did you find it? B, how much was it? Anyway, mm-hmm. everyone will have to beep out what exactly it is, but we'll uh, we'll do that on an upcoming show. Okay, okay. All right, Jim. Another question from uh, from Chris H who says, I've been thinking about the new Harmonious Barge that's been positioned on World Showcase Lagoon. Uh, up until this point, the Disney standard has been that nighttime spectaculars hide in plain sight during the day or stay off stage until showtime. Part of the magic of Fantasmic at Disneyland is that it seemingly comes out of nowhere on the rivers of America using existing or blended elements, for example. Also, World of Color is totally hidden underwater during the day and then uses the facades of the piers and the Illuminations barges would only come out at night. Why the departure here with Harmonious, Jim? The hiding in plain sight thing only started in the early 90s with the initial version of Fantasmic at Disneyland. I've been spending much of my quarantine land prowling around eBay, picking up old issues of Disneyland lines from the 80s and the 70s. Mm-hmm. The show that predate well, there actually were two shows that predated Fantasmic. There was the annual Dixieland Festival where they build a temporary stage right at the end of a Tom Sawyer Island. And it would only go up for the, the weekend or two for the, you know, when Louis Armstrong and the folks that come down and play in the park and then mm-hmm. they tear it down. And then there was the Rolling River Review where a lot of the propping and that sort of thing was was out in plain sight during the day. Hmm. So in a weird, weird sort of way, just parking the harmonious barges out in the middle of World Showcase Lagoon. It's just, it's kind of a return to what Disneyland, you know, used to do in its early days. But when all of the barges, and there's still three or four of them sitting backstage that need to come out and join right. the mothership, once they come out and they turn on the water feature, in essence, the barges disappear during the day. They just become, 
this fantastic giant fountain we'll see. out in the middle of the water. It's like hiding the Hindenburg. I don't know that you can do that, but we'll see. <laughs> okay. I think okay. I think part of it too is there's just so much infrastructure required for harmonies. Yeah. You know, as these spectacles get bigger and bigger, it's just difficult to bring them in and then bring them back out every day. It takes a lot of people. It takes a lot of time. Yep. And I think Disney's yeah. just thinking, you know what? Why do we need to do this? Mm-hmm. So, but mm-hmm. I mean, to your point, it is something that they're going to see now. So maybe that it's just a change in uh, a change in philosophy about what what can be seen during the day. That, that's probably my yeah. take on it. And again, they're hoping that when the fountains get turned on, it will obscure it. I mean, I know the purists wow. right now are, are upset. Like, I can't see Italy because of the giant metal thing in the way. But that's it's just sort of like. It's like, okay, we'll keep walking. Oh, look, there's Italy now. Yeah. So I want to see the uh, the water feature first. We'll see what happens. And I hope there's music to go along with the water fountains, Tim. I am hearing that there will be, but not in the... Remember how in Kimidicore, they used to have a fountain show there yeah. on like a 15-minute schedule, yeah. synchronized to music. That was a deliberate choice. In this case, given that the fountains are going to be on continuously, I guess there have been some discussions about... What sort of a musical underscore and more to the point, do we really want something that will intrude into the music for the individual countries? So right. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's true. Too. Yeah. Ongoing thing. So. Okay. Good point there. All right. We'll see what happens. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Jim and I talk about what's coming up for theme parks in 2021. We'll be right back. All right, Jim, I think we uh, both agree good riddance to 2020. Um, yes. Let's look forward. We're going to do, we do a look back, and let's, so let's keep that to a minimum because, mm-hmm. frankly, not a whole lot here that we, we, we care to remember about 2020. But tell us what's coming up. Let's take a moment to look back, but in, in a unique way at Disney. All mm-hmm. right, let, let's focus on the stock price because as you and I are talking right now, Len, the Disney stock price as 2020 closes out and mm-hmm. shares today are selling – for $181.70. Now, a year ago, at this exact same time, shares were going for $143.67. Okay. We've seen Disney shares go up during a period where virtually other entertainment company, every other major studio has seen their stock go in the toilet. Now, two days after Disney closed its parks on March 18th, they saw their stock price fall as low as $79.07. So less than half so, of what it is right now. Yeah. And the company overall took a huge hit financially for the parks being closed. I mean, yeah. just in the period between April, May, and June, it's estimated that Disney lost $5 billion. Yep. And only when the parks, uh, well, the Florida parks, reopened four months later in July, things got turned around. And for a time, the investment community just didn't know what to make of the whole Bob Chapek, you know, hey, you're in charge. You know, I mean, if you think about that moment on you know, February 25th, where it was the equivalent of Bob Iger in the wheelhouse of the Titanic. It's like, is that an iceberg? Bob, come here. <laughs> Congratulations on your promotion. <laughs> I must go supervise the lifeboats. But what really happened is that they launched Disney Plus in November of 2019. And they announced that their plan for the company's subscription streaming services, they hoped to have uh, 100 million subscribers in five years' time. And just this month, December of 2020, they announced that in 13 months' time, they had acquired... 
86.8 million subscribers. So that they, they are well, you know. Um, well ahead of schedule. So how much of that was sandbagging, though? Did they really think it would take them five years to get 100 million subscribers? People I've talked with, it's like, yeah, that's our, really our two-year, three-year goal. So we can be shocked, shocked that we made yeah. it to, you know, 100 million ahead of schedule. But Disney never dreamed that it would move quite this fast. But again, we're all at home because of the pandemic. We need something to watch, and Disney Plus is there. I will say that that one of the one of the big features for me of Disney Plus, you know, that I've been watching, I've been watching a lot of it lately, is basically going back through The Simpsons' first seven seasons. Oh yes and, yes, and watching those, the surprising thing for me is that the the things that I like on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love the Mandalorian. Don't get me wrong, I love the Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse because they've got a, a ten new cartoons out. Oh yeah, but good stuff. The stuff that wasn't originally Disney's that's mm-hmm. on Disney Plus, like The Simpsons, or like mm-hmm. like I went back and I've, I'd never seen the first Thor movie before. Mm-hmm. Which which was Marvel, but Marvel before it was Disney. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Back, yeah. you know, it was, was still a Paramount property. Yeah, it, it, it's funny because you can still see the Paramount logo on it. And I'm like, I literally had to had to stop the app and restart it because I was like, Am I on Netflix? What, what am I? What am I watching? But that's that's the you know, the one thing I like about Disney Plus is they've they've integrated so much stuff underneath it. Yeah, I don't know. Absolutely, and and just to sort of touch back to that first seven seasons. Of The Simpsons, it's worth noting how many of the really great episodes during that time were yeah. directed by Brad Bird. Oh, really? I look for I look for those in the in the credits. Yeah, a lot of some of the very best episodes of those first couple of seasons are Brad before he left to go work for Pixar. But okay. anyway, just yesterday at the Shanghai Disneyland Resort. They topped out construction of the main show building for their Zootopia Land, Ooh. which is supposed to open in 2022 as the eighth land of that park. Did check in with friends at Imagineering, and yes, Animal Kingdom will eventually get its own Zootopia land. That said, with the $900 million in capital expenditures that Disney put on hold back in May, mm-hmm. the earliest we're going to see Zootopia go forward for Florida mm-hmm. is mid to late 2020s. Yeah, that's what I heard. The same time frame I heard, like nothing before 2025 is what I heard. Yeah. The sad part of it is, is that Zootopia was supposed to be announced as part of Disney World's 50th anniversary celebration. And and that's now off the table, barring some spectacular turnaround. The big thing I'm hoping for the 50th uh, anniversary announcement is we don't have to wear masks in the park. (laughs) If that's it, hey, we're going to reopen some restaurants. Like if those two things happen, I'm good. Right. Did you see the photos just yesterday inside Flights of Passage with they have now returned to the elbow to elbow seating? They have. Yeah. And that's Flight of Passage is one thing. They're also they're also doing multiple groups in Millennium Falcon. And I thought that was the more interesting of the two choices. Yeah. The new Disney attitude is the effect of, look, we are hyper vigilant. When it comes to wearing masks, we have cast members in the park whose job solely is to go, excuse me, sir, put your mask back on. And they they are. Yeah. And they do their job. Yeah. I mean, we we count masks every day in the parks. I I know this. Yeah. Between hand sanitizers everywhere and plastic shields and that sort of thing. So evidently the attitude at Disney World right now is, yeah, people are getting sick, but not here. We're doing our job. We've seen the 25 to 35 and 
what is your take over the holidays? Are we still seeing thirty five, or have they crept that number up yet again? I still think it's uh, it's thirty five percent. They would have uh, they would have announced it. Okay. The one thing okay. I will say is like the the posted wait times, mm-hmm. especially at Epcot, have mm-hmm. been really inflated. Like Epcot, mm-hmm. your actual wait times, at least the actual wait times that we're measuring, are basically half of the posted okay. wait time, and it should be around eighty percent. So, like yesterday, for example, so we're recording this on Thursday. The thirty first. So yesterday, the 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 thirtieth was supposedly the second busiest day of the past year at Epcot. Right? It's it's wait times ranked number two out of you know the two hundred and whatever days that the park was open in the last year. But if you look at the if you look at the actual wait times, it was about half of that. So, okay. um, so okay. different. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, worth noting. Uh, oh, oh, also something worth noting. Going back to the Disney Investor Days presentation, Walt Disney Animation Studios noted for the first time in the history they're producing series, animated series for Disney Plus. But what's interesting is the four IPs yep. that they're building these things around: Zootopia, Baymax, Moana, and Tiana. Those will all have ride shows and attractions that have either just opened up in Disney theme parks. For yep. example, uh, the Happy Ride with Baymax at Tokyo Disneyland that opened mm-hmm. on September twenty eighth. Or are already well under construction. The Zootopia Link to Shanghai we just talked about. Oh, we'll begin construction shortly. And in my conversation with friend and Imagineering, the Moana themed Journey to Water is still a go. Yeah, we knew it was a go. It's the uh, it's the timing of it that's a big question, right? But I think it, you know, I think that's going to be one of the things we see first because mm-hmm. it doesn't involve a ride system. No, no, not at all. Yeah, but it's going to be interesting. Given the way timing breaks down for Festival of the Arts and then stepping into Flower and Garden. Yeah, and then into, yeah. Trying to get that done in in that window. But anyway, Zootopia, Moana, Tiana, and Baymax. And this all ties in with Bob Chapek. You know, as far back as November 2016, when he was talking about fixing Epcot, it's like, you know, again, we're dreaming big. You know, we're making changes that are Disney, timeless, relevant, and family-friendly. And that's the modern IPs, not the older stuff. And we were just talking about Epcot, mm-hmm. Festival of the Arts. So that starts on January 8th, runs to the 22nd. What are you hearing in regard to Ratatouille's soft opening? All I can say is the planters are in the uh, in the back of the... The planters... <laughs> there the, we go! The there planters we go! Are, the planters are lined up. <laughs> the, um, the thing that will... I mean, it, frankly, Jim, it, it could open by the time we get this. It, it, it's it's literally any day now. The thing that yep. the thing that you're going to want to see is, um, well, when they put the lines down outside for the virtual mm-hmm. for the for the uh, outdoor. Yep. Once those once those go down, then we know it's imminent. But now, I would I would be shocked if this thing isn't open in a month. What I'm hearing is January soft opening, official opening February. Now the the, the interesting thing is they built in a fudge factor. Just in case they run into an issue that that I guess in-house they're saying official opening late February, early March. But the unsaid thing is like, look, we need to make sure that locals come out for yeah. Festival of the Arts this year. So yeah. the, the earliest possible date, let's get let's do the soft opening. Let's be sure it works. Let's be sure our, our people are trained. Yeah. But the earlier we can get this open, the better. So the uh, the interesting thing is for me is that if you look at how president's day and mardi gras lineup in 2021 it's mm-hmm. monday tuesday the 15th and 16th of february mm-hmm. my sense is it'll be open it'll definitely be no, open by then. like i said if, it's, to be. if this isn't open in be. january yeah so they yep. want to they're they're tr- they're trying to do a couple of things one mm-hmm. get people to epcot right yep 
Uh, number especially two, the locals, especially, especially the locals. The locals exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. cause if you can't sell hotel rooms, the next thing you want to be able to do is, is sell, um, uh, food and alcohol. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So I think that I'd, I'd, like I said, I'd be shocked if this thing isn't open by January. Okay. So then stepping ahead to our next Epcot festival, flower and garden starts March 3rd, runs all the way to July 5th. Yep. But in January, after the folks who bought the hotel rooms and uh, holiday crowds go home, we will start to see the other barges moved out and fastened to the mothership uh, mm-hmm. with the Harmonious officially becoming a water feature in February. After the park closes at night, the rehearsals of the actual physical show, what they're discussing right now or what they're shooting for is to have Harmonious as nighttime entertainment up and running by April. By spring break. Or yeah, by Easter. So Easter is what, the fourth in that's 2021? That's exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you want to do like the two weeks around there. Just saying that, you know, if you happen to be at Disney World in late March, you might want to be in that park toward the, the late afternoon, early evening. You know, you might get to see something cool early. All right. So that's good. Now, if everything had gone according to plan in 2020, we would be doing the countdown right now for the kickoff of Disney World's 50th anniversary celebration. Yep supposed to start in January of 2021. It has now been pushed back till the fall, I'd say supposedly yeah. an October 1st start, you know, which again lines up with the actual opening they're, of the resort. But they're they're actively working on this. Very, very much so. But so much of, you know, and we talked repeatedly on the show about the five years of work that went into this. And now yeah. it's just sort of picking through the wreckage. <laughs> it's like, okay, we can still do this. We can still do that. We've seen them changing the signage all over the resort to reflect the, you know, or the, the work that's going on yet again at the castle. That's still going. On the other hand, the two attractions that were supposed to be ready to help power the 50th anniversary, the Tron Life Cycle Power Run. Right. I don't know if you saw how they've actually enclosed the building. There is discussion of a f- late fall, early winter of 2021 soft opening. For Tron? For Tron. You think All Tron right. will open before Guardians? Part of the problem right now is they haven't filmed the film elements. Like, ah, you know. okay. I had thought the Guardians would open before. Yeah, well, there's a lot of folks at Imagineering who are just thanking the Lord that Taika Waititi is shooting Thor Love and Thunder starting in January over in Sydney because when we last saw Thor, he was taking off in uh, the Benatar with the Guardians of the Galaxy. So, you know, they're going to be at least in the first chunk of Thor Love and Thunder. And so (laughs) how is Thor Love and Thunder not the name of a show in Las Vegas? Given the current financial plan at Disney, you know, don't be surprised, Len. Just down the the, the hall from Chippendales. But yeah, they need to film those film elements. They had that they need to then bring those in and program them to the media. They would have loved to have this open for 2021, but it is now looking like early 2020. Okay. All right. So that makes a little bit more sense because Mm. Disney's been doing more obvious work on Tron light cycle lately than they have on Guardian. So you think it's just related to the film? Yeah, then, no, okay. that's it exactly. Wow, I mean, right. they need to shoot the pre-show elements. They need to shoot the actual scenes. I mean, everything's boarded. Everything's ready to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, you know, the notion of we need to get our performers in costume in front of the cameras. And this is the first time Taika's shot for a theme park ride. Right. So Avengers were kind of hoping that they could wait till uh, Guardians 3 went into work. Because it turns out James Gunn is this huge theme park fan, and he yep. totally got it when he was shooting 
Mission Breakout. Mm-hmm. He gave the Imagineers exactly what they needed. And- yeah, did a great job on that. I mean, I went into that ride mm-hmm. in Disneyland, into Tower of Terror, mm-hmm. thinking uh, this is going to be some stupid overlay that you know they mm-hmm. sort of ham-fisted and, and threw in. But I was like, yep. this is fantastic. It's funny. It's fast. Like, it's quick-paced. It's mm-hmm. witty. Yeah, it was good. An absolute killer soundtrack. Now, yeah. we go from Guardians of the Galaxy to Galaxy's Edge. And the, and the 50 series that uh, Disney has announced for Disney for Disney Plus for, uh, was it, t- it's like 10 Star Wars spinoffs, right? 10? Absolutely. And you have talked yourself about how much you enjoyed interacting with Rey. Yeah. And Batu. As we head into 2001 and into 2022, of those 10 series, that have been announced by Lucasfilm for Disney Plus and, and the like. We should anticipate seeing a lot of those characters done as walk-around characters for Galaxy's Edge. So Galaxy's Edge in the timeline mm-hmm. is during the last trilogy, right? During The Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, right? Yeah! So after Return of the Jedi and Star Wars Resistance. Right. Okay. Yeah. We're going to see a slight dialing back of, of that timeline. Remember that Mandalorian is supposedly set three to four years after Return of the Jedi. Right. And it's after Resistance. It's after Star Wars Resistance, but before Force Awakens. From Parkins Resort's point of view, they have a genuine pop <laughs> culture. Cannon <shmanid. laughs> No, that's it exactly. You know, what do they know? They're tourists. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rizzo. But yeah, we should anticipate seeing uh, meet and greet opportunities with Mando and the child. Likewise, Boba Fett will start making appearances land. Also, Ahsoka Tana. Oh, really? Ahsoka Tana is going to be uh, cool. Well, again, it's one of these things where they have a brand new hot set of characters. And yeah. frankly, just in the past week or so to watch how online, once again, the controversy about The Last Jedi erupted. In fact, you had Alan Dean Foster, the guy who wrote the original Star Wars novelization talking about, you know, it's not just a bad Star Wars movie. It's a bad movie. Right. Yeah. Especially if you're trying to get people to go into the land, why not people with characters that they love right now? So, so that, so that will push the timeline of the land back by what's in, in Star Wars years, how much mm-hmm. time is there between return of the Jedi and the force awakens 20 years, 30 years. Something like that? I want to say at least 15. All right, so we're in that we're in that period. Okay. Yeah. If we're talking about classic Disneyland, there used to be, for an example, an attraction where, you know, they had wax figures of Davy Crockett and you could get your picture taken with the wax figure of Davy Crockett. Or for that matter, Guy Williams would come down for Zorro days at Disneyland and, and do, you know, the equivalent of a stunt show running along the rooftop. So okay. Disney has done this. If they have a hit show, they will fold it into the parks and help drive attendance. So this is this is really the old playbook. Yeah, it's a stretch of the timeline, but it's not a breaking of the timeline. Like it's no, the no, fact that it's no. just before the period of Galaxy's Edge, that's mm-hmm. fine. You can put it in there because the Millennium Falcon still exists in The Force Awakens and yeah. it existed in Return of the Jedi. So you're fine there. All right, so so Kylo Ren exists in Galaxy's Edge in Batu, so that means that that Kylo Ren would have to exist in the Mandalorian as well. Not to spoil things, but anyone who's seen the season two finale of the Mandalorian. Oh right, yeah, no spoilers, but yeah, Kylo Ren does exist in in that universe. He may be four years old, but he does exist, and so the thinking right now is. Yes, guests were excited last year or thereabouts to have Kylo Ren and Rey walking around in Galaxy's Edge. But in a situation like this where 
If they were to do something like, say, have Kylo Ren's shuttle disappear and suddenly the Razor Crust is sitting there parked, right? that would go from, oh, that's interesting, to, holy cow, where's the line? How do I get my picture taken with the child? Oh, could you imagine that? Oh, that'd be a huge, oh, number one, that'd be a huge swap out. Can you imagine the, the, imagine the size of the crane that would be needed for that? But uh, also, the, uh, the didn't the Razor Crest get blown up? It did, it did. But again, you know, got to remember that that if we we're going to have Mando and the child together, we, you know, we would have to be set during certain times during right. the Mandalorian. By the way, so we have, and we're completely off tangent here, but, uh, but speaking about the end of the season finale for season two of the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. I think we, I think everyone has seen it now, so we can talk about it without spoiling it. But mm-hmm. when Luke Skywalker showed up, my first thought was, you know, they, they, they completely CG'd him, right? He was Oh, he was he yeah. was young Luke Skywalker, right? Mm-hmm. Why are we not doing more movies like like the prequel to A New Hope or the uh, something between New Hope and Empire Strikes Back? Well, like why don't we just see CG an entire movie? It's worth noting right here that the Obi Wan Kenobi limited series that Lucasfilm is making for Disney Plus, it's actually set before A New Hope. It, is it has the, to be, the, yeah, the, okay. The very prequel you're talking about. So they are exploring all of these ideas, but again. Parks and resorts, the word coming down from Chapek after looking at the figures for the sales of of the child merch, you know, this holiday season. It's the mm-hmm. fact these characters need to be in the oh, parks. And I had I had people asking me, like we're people who who have never seen the Star Wars film, like my kid wants a Mandalorian. What's a Mandalorian? Yep. Where do yep. I find it? Yeah, so mm-hmm. Disney Shop Disney was sold out, it had been sold out for weeks. Yep. On yep. all of their stuff. And you know, on eBay they're going for six hundred dollars. You know, like mm-hmm. yeah, that was crazy. You were just talking earlier in the show about Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. Yeah. It's a wonderful pre-show. Not terribly satisfying ride experience. I don't think so either, but yeah. Are they, so there's there's rumors that they've got alternate stories, alternate plots. Yes. And we won't see it changed out till the five-year point. Okay. So that's 2024 for, the, for those of you keeping count at home. But there already are discussions, evidently an active conversation going on between Lucasfilm and WDI about, talk to us about Rogue Squadron, the, the movie that Patty Jenkins is making, which will be in theaters in 2023, by the way. Wait, what, uh, what timeline is Rogue Squadron? Well, again, the very thing you were talking about, the canon schmanon, the whole notion of what do guests want? Especially in the case of like Disneyland, where you have to convince people to walk all the way to the back of that part to go to Batu. It's like, what's back there? It's, well, it's Mando and the Child. It's like, let's go now. I thought the uh, the TV series was set before A New Hope, which would completely mm-hmm. destroy the timeline. Patty uh, has been fairly blunt about the fact that it's not necessarily going to be tied to the, what people know of the Rogue Squadron game, which, remember, was introduced back in 1998. There's a lot of stuff in progress here, Land, but they're trying to hit a reset button on Galaxy's Edge to the effect of Star Wars finally has characters, again, that people love. Let's give them access to the characters they love. How do you feel about that? Like, I would, I might be okay with them saying, you know what, there's no timeline in Galaxy's Edge, or it's a blending of the timelines. You know, like, as you go from one end to another, you actually, you go, you move around in time. If we got the characters we loved... And we gave up a specific point in time. I could see my way to that. Like I, I could be okay with that. The Imagineers, the pushback at this point is like, look, you go to Fantasyland and you got Toad that's exactly Hall. what I was thinking. Yeah, I mean, what yeah. you know, yeah, or Adventureland. I mean, Adventureland yeah. goes through time. 
yeah, I would be okay with this. Well, when Galaxy's Edge was started, it was Disney's answer to the Wizarding World of yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah. And now it's like, well, in order to, to succeed, maybe we have to step away from the sticking ridiculously close to canon. So watch that land, folks. And speaking of lands, you should be watching Avengers Campus Anaheim. Wait, is there a theme parks in, in California? <laughs> Well, not so as you'd notice, Len. Uh, you know, that, <laughs> not that, that I'm aware of, Jim. That, yeah. <laughs> right. In fact, between what's going on with the availability of beds in emergency rooms and that sort of thing, it's hard to, you know, I mean, I realize that, you know, people in California have very strong opinions about Governor Newsom. <laughs> and, you know, and the folks at <laughs> in the Walt Disney Company, especially those tied to the parks in California, also have very strong opinions about Governor Newsom. But, you know, everybody's looking at the summer of 2021 right now. It's just sort of like, you know, there's that 100 days of mandatory mask use and some yep. other stuff that's supposedly in the works. And that coupled with the, the availability of vaccines. So there's a lot of work going on, assuming that, okay, the parks will, in fact, be open. For summer. For summer. Yeah. I was just told about a Stuntronics that animatronic Spider-Man figure that leaps through the air. Yeah, they've been doing a they've been doing a lot of work around around a ton of patents and things like mm -hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. So they definitely want to have that because they feel like that's one of those features that people will go home talking about. The Doctor Strange attraction, the Sanctum. I don't know if you you've heard about this element or Len, but basically there's supposedly an old ruin part of the Avengers campus, and especially at night if you go there. They've got some discrete lighting systems set up so that to the effect of they'll have a performer in full Doctor Strange outfits that will seem to conjure magical shields right in front of you. In fact, will yeah. teach you how you, to do this. So you, know? you, I don't know if we talked about this on the show, but you and I have seen the patent for this. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I thought the patent was for World. And you're like, oh, no, no, this is what they're doing for Doctor Strange. Yeah. And it, in fact, so much of this effect is powered by highly polished, discreetly placed pieces of plexi. Yeah. But at the same time, so much of this experience was supposed to be you standing side by side close by Doctor Strange and being able to do what he did, conjure the shield right in front of you. And uh, again, we're still in COVID country, folks. So this may be off the table for a while. They still hope to bring it forward. Likewise, construction is underway right now on the Anaheim version of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. But because of the park being closed for, well, it'll be a full year. It'll be a full year uh, in March. March. Uh, so wait, so going, so wait, go back, going back to Doctor Strange. Isn't there a second film in the in the works with uh, Brendan Dirk Crumblesmutch, whatever his name is? <laughs> <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch, and yes, it will be coming out in 2022. So that is the drop dead for getting the Sanctum open. The notion is that when that film is in theater, we want guests to have access to Doctor Strange. So, Bumblestruff Cumberbridge, what? There we go. <laughs> okay, all, right. all right. Back to Minnie and Mickey. That got pushed from a 2022 opening to a 2023 opening. Man, when you talk about a ride that Anaheim wants, this is the one attraction where I go into the studios and I ride it every mm -hmm. single time. Like, I have not been in the studios in the last two months mm -hmm. and not ridden this ride. Are we still discovering new things or? Every time, every time. So there's, um, uh, I think we talked about the, there are a couple of tributes to Potato Land in the ride. Mm -hmm. Oh. You, you haven't seen this yet, have you? Have you? No, I have not. And more to the point, really? Potato? Potato, Potato Land. Land. There's, a couple of, there's a couple of tributes to Potato Land. There's a, there's shout outs to the new Mickey Mouse series of films mm -hmm. uh, throughout the ride. But in the, um, in the circus scene, there's so mm -hmm. much stuff to see. 
that I, I actually hope one day that the ride breaks down in that scene so I can I can just you know, get all that in the factory scene. There's just so much. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, have you heard about the new version of Hidden Mickey in this attraction where it's not the three circles together? They It's the actual word Mickey spelled out, but it's they hide it in wood grain. They hide it in no, cracks No, I haven't seen that. Yeah. It, oh, that's fantastic. So now something else you have to like. Do a story um, about that for the next show. We'll talk about it. Okay. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean Disneyland's got to get this for uh, and this is going to go in DCA? No, it's actually it's in Mickey's Toontown. Toontown. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. And yeah. in fact, you you'll be entering through as opposed to in, in the classic movie palace thing, you know, the the one in Florida is obviously Grumman's Chinese and yeah. in this case, they the building will be inspired by the El Cap. Okay, finally, uh, I'm sure in the past week or so you've heard about Snow White's Enchanted Wish, yep. and Disney has their new magic program. We, we saw the projected explosion effect go into Big Thunder in March of 2014. We saw the Alice in Wonderland dark ride at Disneyland open in August of 2014 with some enhanced effects and, again, projection. Peter Pan, July of 2015, just in time for the 60th anniversary. And then, of course, Galaxy's Edge construction began in 2016, and that kind of blotted out the sun, so to speak, mm. at Disneyland. Uh, so they're just now getting around to the new projects. And here's Kim Irvine and team working on the, the redo of Snow White's Scary Adventure, which the 40-year-old Disneyland fans are up in arms about the fact that you're changing the ride that I know and love. And it just right. sort of like, it's anybody who's a parent who's tried to take a child into the queue oh, of yeah. no one Snow White's Scary yeah, so it's just sort of like this is long overdue because again, yeah, it's it it's fantasy land. This is supposed to be a place where kids can go and ride rides, but it's just not a surprise that th this was a priority after uh, uh, Galaxy's Edge, and we'll get to see it when Disneyland reopens, hopefully next summer. The only thing that I, I can assure you is is at least being discussed is updates and improvements to Jungle Cruise at Disneyland. Disney World as well as for Hong Kong Disneyland. And that keys well, off for of, Hong Kong. Yeah. Well, remember, they don't have a Rivers of America. They have a a jungle cruise that basically, you know, cruises the in fact, they don't have a Tom Sawyer's Island, they have a Tarzan Island. So they're looking to incorporate elements and scenes from the Dwayne Johnson Emily Blunt movie, which was supposed to open this past summer, but got pushed to July 30th of 2021. I'm looking forward to that movie. Well, so are the, the folks at Disney. They hope that this is their next franchise, which they really need now that, that Pirates has kind of hit the rocks. They can't quite figure out what to do with that, yeah. uh, given the Johnny Depp situation. So. That's where we are, Lynn. But again, everything is subject to change. Just this week, we have talked about a second, stronger strain of COVID. And like I said, we have a, a new administration coming in and we don't yeah. know, quite know what they're going to do. But closing out, you know, the conversation I had with, with friends at Disney, the effect of, yeah, if they, 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 if they say we all have to stay home for another four weeks, it's like, woohoo, more people subscribing to Disney Plus. So, you know. <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's a bonus for them on that. I uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think we're we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. So yeah, well, let's just hope it's not the oncoming train. <laughs> Speaking of runaway railway, yeah. All right, folks, that's going to do it for the Disney Dish show today. Please head on over to DisneyDish.bandcamp.com. We'll find exclusive shows never before heard on iTunes, including new in park audio and never before heard ideas that Disney came up with 
for the land pavilion back in the 1970s. Jim, I am super excited about that show in particular. It's crazy. Yep. On next week's show, Jim and I talk about the history of the Voyage of the Little Mermaid attraction at Disney's Hollywood Studios. You can find more of Jim at jimhillmedia.com and more of me, Len, at touringplans.com. We are produced fabulously by Aaron Adams, who will be carving a reproduction of Henry Moore's 1969 reclining figure sculpture at the 27th Annual Medina Ice Festival Sculpture Garden, February 19th to the 22nd, 2021, in the Medina Public Square in beautiful downtown Medina, Ohio. While Aaron's doing that, please go into iTunes and rate our show and tell us what you'd like to hear next. For Jim, this is Len. We'll see you on the next show.